0: If you just want to be better in 2019 and you know it's going to take more than just setting a New Year's resolution, you need two things, a plan and accountability. Join the resolution solution for accountability and daily action steps where you'll get actionable steps to improve the most important areas of your life free on Instagram for 21 days. All you need to sign up is an Instagram account. Then go to 21dayplan.com enter your email address, and mark your calendar for January 7th.
1: Welcome to this edition of Build Your Tribe.
0: Today's episode is a special episode. It's the best of 2018. And today,
1: you get both of
0: us. Yep, and Brock and I would both like to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to Build Your Tribe. Thank you for showing up on our social medias and just letting us know what episodes you love, sharing with us what you'd like to hear more of. And of course, sharing the podcast and writing awesome reviews on iTunes. Those reviews are kind of like our tip jar. We really do appreciate them. Honestly, we can't thank you enough. We love doing this together. It's been really fun, but it's most fun and most rewarding because we get to hear from you.
1: All right, Mom, let's start the show.
0: Let's do it. Hey there, welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name is Shaleen Johnson. And my name
1: is Brock Johnson.
0: Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. Okay, these first several clips are from shows that all relate to business growth, whether that's in social media or just your business strategies in general. Curiosity marketing is a term that I coined about a year ago when I started recognizing that I personally was getting a bigger return on everything I was doing when it became more personal. When instead of doing like these broadcast videos or broadcast posts where I was focused on getting more likes or more follows, I started gauging my metric for success was how many questions and conversations could I create or generate. With this new initiative, it's what Facebook is telling us, like flat out from Mark's mouth is telling us That's what you need in order to get your content into the newsfeed. So how do you win at that game? By not being a brand, by not coming across as someone who's constantly selling something, who has an agenda, by actually coming across such a way that people are like, oh, that's my friend. How can you be seen as a friend by the people who you're trying to reach? I'll tell you how. Number one, stop selling. Stop pushing, stop promoting, stop overproducing all the stuff that you're creating. I'm suggesting that you experiment, right? Because there's exceptions to every rule, but I'm suggesting that you experiment with less produced, highly perfect content and more kind of documenting your day and sharing with people who you are and what's going on. Sharing the same things that would be interesting to a friend. Now, if it's not interesting for the love of Pete, don't share it because it's got to create a conversation. So don't share things that are just you think are beautiful or motivational. It's different now. That's what we used to use as our standard. Now you need to share things that look organic, that don't feel overly produced, but that get people involved in the conversation. Maybe it's a debate. Maybe it's their opinion. Maybe they're asking questions. And the only way people ask questions is if you're not giving them all the information, but you're giving them enough information to be curious because when we're curious, that's when we ask questions. When we feel like we have all the answers or we know all the information, we don't ask questions. The three principles I want you to keep in mind when it comes to curiosity marketing are these. Number one, shared words are for the birds. Number two, likes and follows where thin questions for the win. And number three. Don't tell me you plan to sell me. Shared words are for the birds. What I mean by that is just remember that when you copy what somebody else is saying or exactly the way somebody else writes a post or even the copy that they're using in their emails, it's like wearing someone's wardrobe who you like their style, but you're a different size. Like it doesn't fit right. It doesn't look right. When we use other people's words, our passion, our truth, our authenticity does not come through. So the next thing when you're practicing curiosity marketing is to remember that you don't want to tell people that you want to sell people. I mean, you're not in sales, I hope. I hope that you're, you are in the business of serving other people. And when you're serving people, it's because you think it's in their best interest, which means you're not like pushing something down someone's throat that they're really not interested in. Here's the golden rule drip out enough information that people ask questions you know share your enthusiasm share your passion share your results share the features and benefits without sharing that final piece of information share just enough that people they need to ask questions and as a matter of fact you need people to ask questions so you can enter into a conversation if you're truly about serving people
1: everyone's always looking for cheats and ways to get ahead today is an actual, tangible way that you can greatly increase your engagement and your reach on Instagram. I am going to be teaching you about Instagram pods. Now, what exactly is an Instagram pod? An Instagram pod is a name that generally refers to any group direct message on Instagram in which all of the users agree to help each other grow on Instagram. How exactly do they work? Basically, a bunch of different Instagram users will come together within one direct message or group chat conversation and will all agree, hey, we're going to all comment and like each other's posts as soon as they're posted. That's the goal here. All of these people are going to be liking and commenting on your posts as soon as you post it. Now, is this possible with 300 people? Probably not. The likelihood of getting 300 people to all agree that they're going to like and comment on your post, and you're going to do the same for them immediately every single time you post and every single time they post is just unlikely. So that's why most Instagram pods range anywhere from 10 to 15 people. If you start getting more than 15 people in your Instagram pod, it starts getting hard to manage. The goal of an Instagram pod is that each user benefits in terms of increased engagement and increased following. How this happens is that every time someone in the pod posts, all the other users are notified either because they have post notifications turned on or because that person who just posted messaged in the pod and said, Hey guys, I just posted or some other kind of alert text to let everyone know that, Hey, I just posted a picture and then all the other users within the pod will go and comment on the posting users post. This means that the post is guaranteed X amount of comments, it's guaranteed that the comments are going to be insightful, and it's guaranteed that the comments are going to come in quickly. The first tip I have for you in terms of finding people to be in your Instagram pod is to look for users who have a similar following, and by similar following I mean in terms of size of following. So if you have 300 followers, they have about 300 followers. If you have 40,000 followers, they have about 40,000 followers. Now, if you have 300 followers, it would be awesome if you could get someone in your Instagram pod who has 40,000 followers, but for them, it's not going to be as rewarding as it would be for you. So it's less likely that they're going to join your pod in the same breath. If you have 40,000 Instagram followers you probably don't want to join an Instagram pod with other users who only have 300 followers. The reason for this is that your followers can see who you're engaging with, and there'll be recommended posts based off who you're engaging with. So if you follow, for example, me on Instagram, you will likely be recommended to other pages like Shalene Johnson, Brett Johnson, Sean Cannell, and some other users who I frequently am engaging with. So that's why the people who you want to join your pod should be the people with a similar following, both in terms of size and also in terms of demographic.
0: So what I'll share for you today is our strategy as it pertains to our blog. For the 131 method. So, as we're starting to do this for the 131 method, our first challenge was realizing that we had to reach a market that had never heard about me, a market outside of my own personal social media. The first most obvious way to do this is with paid traffic, meaning we're running Facebook ads, Instagram, YouTube, Google ads, and sending traffic directly to a sales page. Now, that's one option. But again, remember, we're sending cold traffic to a sales page. These are people who we don't have a relationship with. So that in and of itself is a lot harder to do. There's no relationship. You and I both, when we go to a website to buy something, we're skeptical. So, the first thing you do is you look for Yelp reviews or you spend some time on their website looking at their blog, the about you know, you just you want to get a sense of, okay, who am I doing business with? Well, we didn't have any of that when we first launched. We didn't have a blog. We had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of amazing in-depth articles that were written by experts, part of our one three one community, but they were behind the membership wall. In other words, it's living on a website. But you can't access that content unless you were already a one-through-one member. And ultimately, our research led us to understand that we've got to get organic searching traffic. People who are just organically searching for whatever solution they're looking for and finding our website. But the only way to do that is if there's a ton of content that's available to the general population that people can find when they search. And the best way to do that is with Great blog content and a lot of it. That meant we knew we needed to immediately shift our focus and just spend a lot of time, energy, and resources developing the blog for the 131 method. Now, this is very interesting because I've blogged for shaleenjohnson.com and that's about it, and not very much. Blog posts were pretty short. To be very honest, I hadn't spent a lot of time looking at blog best practices. The digital marketer team that we had in place at the time, we just didn't rely on organic traffic. We really relied very heavily on social traffic. So the information that we had on blogging, I wouldn't call it cutting edge, but it needed to be because we needed organic search traffic. Step one was to recognize our shortcomings and to hire an agency. We've learned so much about this in the last six months. It's crazy to think what I once thought about blogs versus what I think about them today. I can tell you that today it is quickly becoming our number one source of traffic. Let me tell you some things you want to keep in mind when it comes to changing your own strategy when it comes to blogging. The first thing you have to understand is it takes time. We've since hired an incredible digital marketer with tons of experience in this field. And that's one of the first things she said, it, it takes a minimum of three months time. And that's not just to do the work, that's to allow the search engines to start crawling your website and for you to develop authority. The next thing you have to understand is it requires patience because you're going to be creating all this incredible content and no one's going to be interacting with it. You're not going to be getting comments or traffic. That requires belief in the experts who are telling you this is what you can expect it requires patience seo itself requires knowledge of how that works and how it changes seo of course means search engine optimization it means what are the algorithms like what is google looking for or whatever search engine people are using how is that changing and it changes all the time
1: best practices for what you should be doing immediately after posting on Instagram, the first tip that I have for you is to have your hashtags ready. So the last step that I take before actually posting my content is I go into my notes app or wherever I have my hashtags saved and I copy them. That way I can go right back into Instagram, hit post, and as soon as that post is completed uploading... I can immediately add the hashtags to the post and on Instagram specifically, I have found that the best place for hashtags is in the first comment. The reason for this is that if you put them in the caption, they can be visually distracting, but if you put them in the first comment, they're hidden. They're not really seen generally by the public and it doesn't make a difference in terms of engagement, whether they're in the first comment or the caption, either way, you're going to get the same amount of likes and your post is going to be shown within that hashtag category. But I can't stress enough the timeliness factor here. Whenever I post a photo on Instagram, the hashtags are added to the first comment within two seconds to ensure high engagement on my posts. The second thing that you should be doing immediately when you're posting on Instagram or Facebook is sharing to your story. All you have to do to share your post to your story is press the little paper airplane that's right next to the like button. Then you'll see a list of people who you can share this post with or you can press the top button which says add post to your story. Once you post that, you'll be taken to a little preview screen so you can see exactly what the post will look like. You can move it around. You can tap on it once to change exactly how it looks and you can add text. The reason we want to be sharing our post to our story is because not everyone is always looking at their feed. Some people are primarily watching stories and some people are primarily consuming content in other ways. So we want to have our post available and visible on all the different features on Instagram. So let's say someone's tapping through their stories and they come upon your story on your story. They see that you've shared your post to your story. Now they can click directly from your story and view your post. That way the engagement will increase the amount of likes and comments and views that you're getting on that post are all going to increase. Don't just share your post to your story. The big difference that's separating why some people are able to have their followers move from their stories to their feed is in the incentive. How are you describing your post? Why should someone go check out your post? Anytime I share my post from my feed to my story. I'm making sure to include why someone should go check it out. For example, I recently did a giveaway on my Instagram. I shared the post from my feed to my story and I incentivized it on my story asking the question, have you entered the giveaway yet? Question mark. Tap on this post below to find out how you can enter right now. So not only did I incentivize it by saying, here's why you should go check out my post. But I even added the extra layer of explaining how someone can check out the post. I'm making it as easy as possible for my followers to see my post. And you should do the same thing when you're sharing your posts
2: to your stories.
0: Bob Heilig is here with us today. Bob, thank you so much for joining me.
2: Hey, Shaleen. Excited to be here.
0: I don't think people understand exactly how they can monetize or even improve their business and the growth of their platform by using Facebook groups. What is the number one, if you can give us like one reason why people need to consider using Facebook groups as part of their business building strategy, why is that?
2: Yeah, I think it all comes down to attention, right? On social media, we as an entrepreneur, as a marketer, if we're not getting our message and our content in front of our prospects, then we're not going to get the desired result that we want. And I think social is really shifting and Facebook in particular, you know, um, they came out, Mark Zuckerberg came out with a big announcement last July where he basically said, we have a goal to have a billion of our members to be part of meaningful communities in groups. So they are really changing the rules of the game to try to get people to create communities and groups. And I think if, if we understand as entrepreneurs, the value of creating a community of like-minded individuals, if you can create a group around some sort of concept that you're passionate about that means something to you and provide an environment where other people can all congregate together and share their ideas and their loves and their passions for this particular thing, that it it increases the engagement and the chances just by the actual you know the logistics of the way the algorithm works if somebody's a member of a group of yours then that's them telling Facebook they see value in what you're doing so when you post something in a group it's going to be way more likely to be seen by them in the news feed because of that relationship that you have with them
0: let me play devil's advocate and ask why can't i just do that same thing, provide community and create incredible content that is valuable to people. Why can't I do that on my like page or on my on my profile? Like That's what I thought I was doing. Why do I have to do this inside of a group?
2: If you don't already have a very highly engaged audience, then starting out, it's pay to play. You're not going to build an audience on a like page by just posting based off of the changes that a Facebook have made. So You know, a like page for me, if you're just starting out, it's a place for you to run ads and to grow your brand that way. And if you've got a big enough audience, you know, I have a a decent size audience on my like page, so I still do live videos there and, and I still get great engagement and reach. And, you know, the personal profile, I also think is that's the way you bring people into your world. So I create content on my profile and my like page. That's the way that people find out about me. But I have just found that there's tremendous value in having someone see a video, kind of raise their hand and say, hey, I like what you do, and then say, look, I've got this private community that if you like what I'm doing here, you can be a part of this. And here's the difference. If I'm a part of a group, I have the ability as a community member to also add valuable, relevant content to the group. Someone's not going to come to my profile and post on my profile for the benefit of all my followers. Mm. But in a group, the goal is not to just create another place where you have to do a bunch of training over and over. It's creating a community where you're the facilitator of the group. You start and facilitate conversations, but the value to the people that are in there is so much greater than just what you're, doing on a daily basis. I think to me, that's really the value of having a Facebook group uh, in the world today.
1: My goal is to share with you some of the things that I like to keep in mind whenever I'm quote unquote selling on social media so that you can feel more comfortable when you're promoting your brand or product or service online and feel less like a telemarketer just pushing an agenda. The first thing I want to tell you is that it takes practice. It definitely takes practice. If you're too hard on yourself to ever try to sell, then you'll never become a better salesman. So first of all, you have to just start trying to sell to your audience. And then from there, you'll be able to practice. And hopefully your selling, quote unquote, will become much better over time. Just the idea of selling or calling it selling, I think is wrong. I think a better word might be promoting or even just sharing useful information and then encouraging a next step. When we think of it as selling, it feels icky. It feels like we're a door-to-door salesman. So before you get more comfortable selling on social media, I think you have to change your mindset about selling altogether. The next piece of advice in terms of mindset that I would like to share with you is that people rely on the experts. People trust experts and people need experts. We rely on experts, whether it's a service or a product or just the expertise of an expert people need that. So people need your expertise. So you shouldn't feel ashamed in offering it. I'm a firm believer that every single one of us is an expert in at least one field. And there are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands or millions of people around the world who want to learn whatever you're an expert in. But those people will never be able to learn or grow. They'll never be able to change their lives if you don't share your expertise. So when you quote unquote sell, or as we already better defined it, share your expertise and whatever it is you're offering, you allow all of those people around the world to find you much easier and it's a give and take. You're not just selling with the hopes of gaining something monetarily in return, you're quote unquote selling and also giving something, you're getting a financial benefit for yourself and you're giving your expertise away. You're giving your product or your service away. You're helping people out. People need your help. And so you are doing them a disservice by not selling to them. And the third kind of mindset shift that I like to think about is that I am just sharing information with my viewer or listener or subscriber. And then I am encouraging them to take the next step. I am encouraging them to learn more. To click a button below or to check out whatever product or service I'm offering. When you're encouraging your followers to get involved in your business, it feels a lot less icky because you're not forcing them. It doesn't feel like you're demanding anything out of them. You're taking more of a passive mindset and a less in your face mindset when it comes to selling. And I think that makes it a lot easier.
0: We are talking YouTube with Sean Cannell. First thing that I just think is so profound for a lot of people when they think about YouTube is, how do you get the courage to put yourself out there?
3: Yeah, and I love that, the first C is courage, because you do ultimately have to start, and here's why, you know, YouTube offers a massive opportunity right now. Naturally, you wanna be paying attention to Instagram, you're putting so much value out on that, but we're now over two billion monthly active users on YouTube that are logged in with a Gmail account. Mm. Consumption on mobile, of course, continues to soar, but also consumption on smart TVs is at an ever-increasing rate because YouTube is becoming more of a longer-form place of consuming content. In fact, videos that are 7 to 16 minutes are outperforming videos that are shorter and even longer, showing that people want more substantial kind of training or content or entertainment on YouTube.
0: Longer is better?
3: 7 to 16 minutes,
0: that's which the, that's is kind of talk.
3: shocking, isn't yeah, it, a little bit? yeah. Just saying that um, we always say your videos should be as short as they need to be, but mm-hmm. um, as long as they need to be, but as short as possible. So okay. you don't want to waste people's time. But if you have something deeper to unpack, maybe mm-hmm. something that's multiple steps, YouTube's a perfect place for that. So all that to say it's the second largest search engine in the world. They continue to evolve in more users and really more opportunity. You got to be there. But I do understand. The first thing that we think about is what I got to get on camera and Mm now build your tribe. Like, of course, we're we're doing stories, I hope, right? We've got our phones out. But even still, the courage to even step into unknown territory and you start thinking, what camera do I need? What do I need Mm -hmm. to use? At the end of the day, done is better than perfect. Your first videos are going to be your worst videos. You got to hit publish and you can learn and grow as you go.
0: So should I be comparing myself to my favorite YouTubers who have this perfect aesthetic set. And I can see how a lot of people feel like I can't compete as it is. And I certainly don't look like that. And I certainly don't have that set. It's great to say, like, have courage, but how do I do that?
3: I think what I would want to empower people with is you want to be intentional, like clean up your background. Mm -hmm. You know, you talk about like, maybe put up that quick three minute get ready. Like, come Mm -hmm. on, like, Pull yourself together, girl. Like, you know, <laughs> like you want to be intentional. But I, I do think that over polish is a problem. Oh, OK, that can really hurt you. And people want real on YouTube, just like they want real on stories or anywhere else. And so I think the courage is just pressing record, learning that you're going to get more confident as you go, but also that people want to meet you right where you are. Mm-hmm. Again, we sometimes are comparing ourselves to our heroes where people might be looking at us if we're just one or two steps ahead and they're intimidated. And Mm -hmm. so when we're relatable, when we're real, when they can be a part of our process with us, I think we just got to get started. And the last thing I would say is you want to use your time in obscurity if you're just starting on YouTube to prepare you for popularity.
0: Oh, I see what you're
3: saying. Sometimes when you're starting on YouTube, you know, you can get that fancier lighting later. You can get the fancier camera setups later. But if you don't start, you'll actually probably never get to those because you're not going to go through just the initial learnings that come from just uploading something from your phone, learning yeah. how to title the videos or whatever it is. And people can see your evolution. And so if you look at some of the big YouTubers, even in the entrepreneur space, they have fancy shows today, but their first videos, go to them. Look at the oldest video on yeah. their channel. Look at the oldest oldest video on <laughs> your channel. I know. Like uh, you can see some really funny stuff there. That's just recording on a webcam. Yeah. And I think that just helps people know your process. They know who you are. So at the end of the day, you
1: got to just start. Best tips for your Instagram stories. First is that you should be posting throughout the day, but no more than 15 times per day. Of course, this is a general guideline. Some people can be posting more, but as a general guideline, I say don't post more than 15 times per day. The reason for this is that 15, 15 second videos would equal almost four minutes of content on your Instagram stories. That's a lot of content. There isn't a best time per se to post on your Instagram stories rather than a single time to post. You should be consistently posting throughout the day. Once an hour, once every two hours is a great goal to shoot for. The reason for this is that every time you add to your Instagram story, your profile icon will move to the forefront of people's feeds. My next best strategy for your Instagram stories is to use a hashtag with every post. On your Instagram stories videos, you are allowed 10 hashtags per post. Every clip on your Instagram stories can have up to 10 hashtags applied to it. Now, here's the thing, adding 10 hashtags to every single post might look a little visually distracting. It might be a little bit ugly. If every time you post a picture of a sunset to your Instagram stories, there's also 10 hashtags attached to it blocking part of the screen. So the pro tip that I have for you is once you write the hashtag, drag it off the screen. That way it'll still be applied to the video, but it won't be visible on the actual clip. So you just write hashtag, type in whatever hashtag you want to use, and then just slide it right over to the corner, slide it right off the edge of the screen. That way no one can see it, but it'll still be applied to the video. One thing that I have to make sure to note is that Instagram stories, hashtags don't work the same way Instagram feed hashtags work. When you add a hashtag to a picture on your Instagram feed, no matter what your picture is added to that hashtag category. If I put hashtag love on my photo on Instagram, anyone who searches hashtag love will be able to find my photo in that category. If you add hashtag love to your Instagram story, you might not get added to the Instagram story for that hashtag. Basically, here's how it works. If you were to search a hashtag on Instagram, you'll see a collection of every single photo that's ever been added to that hashtag. Also at the top, you'll see a little stories bubble. That stories bubble is for anyone who's added a hashtag to their Instagram story within the last 24 hours. But... They couldn't add every single video to the story because the story would just be too long. If everyone who put hashtag love on their Instagram story in a day was added to the hashtag love story, it would be hours and hours long. It'd be pointless. So what Instagram does is they have an algorithm that determines what kind of posts are best to be added to the hashtag love story. So for this reason, you're not going to make it on every single hashtag story that you add to your Instagram stories, but that's why you need to be using all 10 hashtags because it increases your likelihood. It increases the chance that you're going to get featured on one of these hashtag stories. And the reason you want to be featured on these hashtag stories is because that's how you can be discovered. That's how new people, new customers, new potential followers can find you. That's how you get in front of new eyeballs. Your story and your account can be discovered from the hashtags on your Instagram stories. And these next couple clips are going to really help you find the motivation you need to take your business to the next level.
0: I think we all have a special place in our heart for our first personal development expert. And when I say personal development, I guess I'm also kind of lumping business development into that. For me, that person, that individual is Brian Tracy.
4: You know, I read a wonderful study many years ago, and I taught it for many years. Sometimes I'll just drop it into a seminar. And Babson College, they did a study of people who went through the finest degree in entrepreneurship, an entrepreneurial MBA. Mm -hmm. And 90% of them never did a thing with it. They went and got jobs working for companies. Yes. And after I told this little story, I had somebody come up to me and said, I was one of them. Mm -hmm. The final thesis for your MBA is how to start a business, you could do a complete business plan to start a business, and ninety percent never did. He said, "I was one of those who never did." Wow. And what it said was, they went out and got a job with another company, and they were hired, given good jobs, and so they analyzed why do some people succeed and once people fail. The only answer was launching. Is mm-hmm. the successful people launched, mm-hmm. and none of them were successful in the area where they started off in.
0: Right. Super, oh, just hold on to that for a second. Yeah.
4: Is is and I and I say that when you take action. I'm always talking about the importance of taking action. The first thing that happens, you get feedback, which enables you to correct your course. Yeah. The second thing that happens, you get more ideas for more actions. Yes, yes. And number three, your self-confidence goes up. Yeah. And you feel happy and you feel more powerful. And you get all of that from taking the first step. Yeah. And you get nothing if you don't. Mm. Nothing for sitting and watching television. So if you have an idea, take the first step. And one of the things I say, which gets an incredible reaction, is you can always see the first step. Yes, the true. the whole audience goes, right. you always see the first step. And when you take the first step, the second step will appear. Yeah. And when you take the second step, the third step will appear.
0: So then why do people ask that rhetorical question, I don't know where to start?
4: Yeah, it's because they're basically afraid. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of failing. And the fear of loss is such a huge loss. It starts in early childhood. They're afraid of failing and earning the disapproval of other people in their lives. Yes. Because if our kids tried something and not, are not successful, we say, what did you learn? Yeah. And they're about what they learn. It just it's, it's irrelevant. Whereas, I guess, other kids are brought up and they make a mistake and their parents dump on them. Yeah. Tell them, you know, I yeah, could have told you it wasn't going to work. So wow. Look how much time and money that you wasted. And there was a great interview on television many years ago where they had four self-made millionaires and each of them were in their 20s. And they asked them at the end of the you know, part of the interview, uh, how many businesses did you start before you started one that you became a millionaire? And so during the break, they calculated it up and it came up, they started an average of 16 businesses. And they were in their 20s. And they are in their 20s. And so the question was, did they fail in those 16 businesses or did they learn absolutely essential lessons that enabled them to succeed uh, on the 17th? Yes. And everybody was, oh, of course, the, the success was presupposed on the failures. So yeah, every yeah. every failure is a stepping stone to inevitable success.
0: Wow. What do I do with my life? What do I do next? Here goes. I want you to imagine that you are standing now in front of a pool, a pool of water, and it's 6 a.m., and you're in the Midwest, and it's early fall, and you know that that pool of water is frigid freezing cold. Now you've got two choices. You can jump in the pool, swim around, or you can just dip your toe in to see if maybe it's heated or if in fact it's freezing cold and you're going to end up with hypothermia. Which are you going to pick? Well, hopefully you're smart enough to go, yeah, duh, I'm going to dip my toe in. I don't want to be freezing cold. I don't want that painful experience of submerging myself in ice cold water. Okay, now I want you to realize that that's what you should be doing with your life. Dipping your toe in. I don't care what it is you want to do next. Whether you are like a senior in high school and you know what happens when you're a senior in high school, every adult says, so what are you going to study? What are you going to do with your life? And we ask this question as if, you know, 17 or 18 year old has to make a decision for the rest of their life at this point in their life, which is ludicrous. We know that doesn't make any sense. As adults, we recognize that kids are going to do a lot of different things before they figure out what they want to do. But why, why, once we're adults, do we feel like we have to get it right and we have to go all in, like we have to jump head first and be fully submerged in order for us to decide if something is right or wrong for us, which is crazy, right, which we're never gonna do because we're so afraid of messing up our whole lives or it being terribly uncomfortable or very painful that we keep searching for more evidence or proof or research that this is the actual right decision for me to make and then what that does is it prevents us from ever making the decision to just give it a try. Why do you think we're able to work together running a business and so many people can't?
5: Because we totally do different things, totally. And we don't really, we don't like go into that lane too
0: much. Cross over into Yeah, I mean, we, we,
5: we're both in our own lanes and every once in a while we have to kind of merge into the other person's space, mm-hmm. you know, just for, for opinions and stuff. But typically we're gonna, we've learned to and I mean, I think we both do a really good job of like letting the other person have their expertise and ask questions. But like when it comes when it comes to certain things, it's just going to be that person, that person's expertise is going to be the decision making and both of us are okay with that.
0: Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. You know, you used to, it's also like we can <clears throat> work together because of the way that we offer each other feedback. Um, you- the way you used to... Communicate is more direct. You know what I mean. And I would, if I was going to soften an email or a text message, I would just say like, you know, they might read into that. What you know, why don't you start with a, like, we loved meeting you, and you're all, you know, the fluff. Yeah. And you were more like, okay, facts. Mm-hmm. Why would they read between the lines? That's true. And now you do that. Like sometimes you'll send me a text message that you sent to someone or an email, and I'm like, wow, that's really good. I would have even. I wouldn't have thought to say all those things. Well, I think
5: a lot of our business has been like that is kind of just since you were the entrepreneurial spirit out of both of us, obviously, and I've learned how to do it. Um, like reading your emails, reading your text messages to people gave me. The voice to do it, so it doesn't sound like it's because, like a couple times, you know, in the past, like I've said, I I, I got to write this email, I just don't know how, or, uh-huh. or this text message, and you're like, well, let me do it, and I would read it, and I would go, okay, that doesn't sound like me, yeah. but I understand yeah. the softness that you're what that you want or, or that should be in it, or got it, or so then then I then I just learned to do it,
0: yeah. Okay, so let's not name names, but we have friends who also work together and they're also in opposite lanes meaning like he has a strength she has a strength and still doesn't work why is that
5: so I think the communication if you're gonna have two people work together Uh right it's an obviously everything's important in business and like you know little things can you know make or break you or cost money or cost you a relationship or a vendor or anything like that. So depending on what roles the two people have, the spouses have, Mm -hmm. that if there's not communication going on, like as the CFO, if I'm not telling you what we're doing with the money Mm -hmm. and you're just assuming I'm handling it Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, you know, five or six months go by and I haven't been telling you anything and then all, all of a sudden, You you know, I tell you something that went wrong that you probably wouldn't have agreed with or I just think there's I think people don't communicate and they just assume that the other person is going to be okay with it.
0: Well, that's what we used to do. There's a number of reasons why you may feel stuck. I mean, we all feel stuck from time to time. There's the stuck that we feel because we're paralyzed by fear. Like there's something we want to do. There's something we want to change. There's an action we'd like to take, but for some reason, we just don't do it, or we can't see it. We feel stuck, almost as if we don't know what to do. And then there's that stuck feeling that happens when we don't even feel like doing anything. We don't know what to do. We just know something doesn't feel right, like we're unhappy, and it feels like we can't get out of this mode, like you've lost your mojo, either which feeling of stuck you may be experiencing at any given time, the way to get out of it is the same. What is it that's holding you back? Fear, conditioning, a belief? I find when talking and working with people that it's a belief. They believe that if they try, they're going to fail. They believe that if they don't do it perfectly, people will judge them. They develop this worst case scenario and they can picture and they can see it. And it's so horrific that it's big enough for that fear to hold them back. Now, more often than not, this is a belief or conditioning, a way of thinking that has been implanted in your head by someone else, or maybe even an earlier experience. Once you recognize that you have these limiting beliefs What do you do about it, right? Like, how do you change those beliefs? So one of the best ways to change your beliefs is with evidence. Maybe something happened where you did fail and your parents or your caregivers or even yourself, you just went over it in your head over and over and over again so that that one experience turned into this like mountain of evidence in your head. Well, the only way to create more evidence is to try and to be okay with the fact that you might fail, but to know that a certain percentage of the time you're going to succeed. And then that goes in your positive experience folder, right? Like if you think about an evidence folder, you need the evidence, the positive evidence that when you try things, you don't die. The world doesn't come crashing down. Maybe it doesn't go well and you try again. Like the world doesn't have to come to a screeching halt. No one's going to judge you. No one's going to throw stones at you. No one's going to point fingers or talk about you. That just, it doesn't happen. It never happens but we allow our childlike fears of these things happening to stop us from creating positive experiences. And that's frankly what you need to do. So you need to start a lot smaller. And that's the other thing I wanted to tell you is that the other reason why people get stuck is because they look at where they want to go and it's very far off in the distance. Whatever it is we're talking about for you, I don't know what that is. Maybe you're stuck right now in a marriage or a relationship or your home or your job, or like everything feels stuck. Well, pick one tiny little thing, actually pick one little area that you want to change. Let's say that is your job, like you you just can't handle being in the job that you have right now, and you want to start your own business. And when you think of it, it's so big, it's so gargantuan that you don't even know where to start. And so you never start, you never move, you're stuck. Instead, what I want you to do is just decide to do something. Take Action that takes less than 10 minutes, but it kind of relates to where it is you want to go. So you've got this job that you hate and you want to start a business. I've got an idea. How about listening to a few episodes of build your tribe or listen to other podcasts that have topics very specific to what it is you're thinking about doing? And I know what you're going to say to me now. That's a problem, Shalene. I'm so stuck. I don't even know what I could or should be doing. I don't even know what it is. Great fine. No problem. You can't stump me, sister, brother. You are still going to move. So now what I want you to do is just tomorrow, put it on your calendar that you're going to spend 10 minutes coming up with a list, an exhaustive brainstorm of every possible thing that you could start doing as possible passive income. Now, once you've got that list, just pick something that looks interesting and listen to a podcast on it. Now you're moving. You see, movement creates momentum people feel stuck when the first step seems like a giant leap. You don't need to do that. You don't need to leap. You don't need to sprint. You don't need to run. You don't even need to know your final destination. You don't have to think about will you run out of gas and will you be able to do this if I can just convince you to think a little smaller. And I don't mean smaller in terms of your dream. I mean smaller in terms of your first step. It doesn't have to be a leap. As many of you are in a position right now where you're considering another option, another avenue. And to some extent, it feels like you're reinventing yourself, but it's really not reinventing yourself. It's kind of like sharing this other side of yourself or this other passion and becoming known for something other than maybe what at the moment you're known for. How many of you, that's a true representation of where you're at right now. The way to do this is to do it honestly. And I think it's important that you, you understand that you've got a following perhaps, or that people know you for something, but it is part of whatever it is, whatever has led you to that point is part of the story. And it's part of the reason why. And it should not be something you wanna run from, but it's something you need to understand happen for a reason. When you're looking for purpose, I can share with you my opinion of how you find purpose. I have to start by saying you have more than one every season of your life often has a new purpose and for some reason we have people so brainwashed into believing that you have one purpose and you need to find it you need to go door to door and knock on doors and when you find it a special parade will be held in your honor and then you'll be able to tell people this is my purpose and it will sound so profound and you will say, I have my purpose. And you're like, well, I'm teaching fitness classes. Is that my purpose? You know, how could it ever feel big enough when you're only supposed to have one and you got and it's for your life, what's your life's purpose? It's a ridiculous notion. So can I ask you to replace your previously held beliefs about the word purpose and replace them with this notion? My purpose is to help other people figure out the thing I figured out. I think that's your purpose. And you're going to go through a lot more things. I hate to tell you this, but you know that tough stuff that you've been through and you're like, oh, God, I'm so glad that's over. I'm so glad I survived it. I I didn't think I would when I was in it, but I'm so glad I survived it. I hate to tell you this, but there's going to be more of those. And each one of them, my belief is God is putting that in your life because he sees how well you help others. And it is not our purpose, it's his purpose. So when we look at our lives and go, God, and when you think to yourself, "Well, now why would that have happened? That was horrible. Or why would this be happening now? Don't question it. Just get through it because you always do. And it'll all make sense to you when you start helping others. And then, then you're like, you know, that that horrible thing wasn't so horrible because, wow, it feels so good to help other people. You have to know that you will survive. Whatever it is you're going through right now, you will survive it. Take some good notes because you're going to have to teach this to people later. What, you, what you're doing wrong, what you're doing right. Take some good notes. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Build Your Tribe. We hope you loved it. We love you. We love hearing from you. As we said, thank you so much for writing reviews.
1: Subscribing to the podcast, chatting with us on social media, and just generally supporting us. It was a super fun year to be able to join the Build Your Tribe podcast, and I'm super duper excited for 2019.
0: By the way, Brock, where can people find you like right now? Because you aren't doing as much on Snapchat right now, mm-hmm. so where can people find you?
1: Very best place to find me is on Instagram, Brock11Johnson.
0: That number 11 is always in the middle. And I'm Shalene Johnson on Instagram, and I'm still on Snapchat. I'm still hanging tough. We love you, we appreciate you, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Our goal is always to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. We We are are done! done. Woohoo! This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Life Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple-to-use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to smartlifepushjournal.com.